Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today have Erika, Erika Sambranch, and she is the COO at RASA, um, rasa.io, and um, what what you guys do, you're going to explain later. But first of all, could you uh, uh, give a little background on yourself, Erica, to the audience? Uh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Elias. I'm thrilled to be here with you today. Um, I'm Erica Somrench. I have been in the marketing space my entire career in, in some form or another. I actually started out my career in Tulane's undergraduate admission office, so in, in higher ed. And my role started in sort of the recruiting space, but it was during um, the time that a lot of really awesome tech tools were emerging on the scene. Um, MailChimp was just becoming a thing. So all of these tools that made it easier to email your audience and stay in touch with folks were coming up. SEO was just becoming a business. And so that really, there was a lot, there was really compelling, there were a lot of compelling reasons for me to kind of switch into the, the marketing realm in the office. And so I got to dip my toe into all of that. And then from there, after I got my MBA, I went on to manage a team at the largest online marketing agency in the Gulf South, where we did everything online. We did front-end and back-end web dev. We did social media marketing. We did search, SEO. We did um, paid online ads and all the most popular platforms. But the one thing that we didn't touch was email because email so tricky to do at a quality way and at scale. And so that's what drew me to rasa.io because we use AI to personalize email content and to automate away a lot of the tedious tasks that come along with putting an email together. And in doing that, allow you to engage your audience in a really meaningful, regular way and in a really smart way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're, you're a true veteran in the digital space. So to say, um, I'd, say yeah, I'd say, I'd say I'm, you know, maybe in the middle. <laughs> well, if, you, if you've been in the agency life, you know, you, you've seen a lot, probably you've, you've seen things that works, things that don't work. Um, and today we're going to talk about AI, um, artificial intelligence, which is typically something that can be very like, intangible. Right. Um, it's, it's something that marketers know that exists, but you know, the, the big companies, do that stuff, but what it actually does, a lot of marketers don't know. But right. you have, you have, or are going to give a couple of examples here today of the very pragmatic and approachable way AI can be used. So could you could you start by by let's say um, pointing out some areas in which AI is is very, let's say, pragmatic or can be used very approachable? Absolutely. Yeah, and what I'd like to talk about first is, is a really cool um, sliding scale that uh, an organization called the Marketing Artificial Intelligence Institute put together. So for those of you who are interested in figuring out how do I leverage AI and marketing, um, Marketing AI Institute does a really great job of um, doing a ton of education around how you can approach these AI tools and involve them in your marketing processes in a not intimidating way and make your lives super much easier. So they talk about it being level zero, 
level zero, no AI, all marketer, all human, all the time, all the way to level four, which is all machine, like a turnkey AI solution. And that level four, you know, is not, doesn't really exist yet, you know, in, in a way that is super approachable. Um, but a lot of the great tools out there and the ones that the one, what I'd say where Rasa falls in and where a lot of the tools that Rasa.io uses fall in would be like a level tool, level two, like a half and half, half marketer, half machine. The system can manage most aspects of a use case, but it still needs a marketer to really, you know, smooth the inputs and kind of oversee, you know, what's happening and, and continually train what's the what the tool is doing. So a few tools that kind of fall into this level two. Um, there's one really great one called um, Market Muse, and you can use Market Muse to help you optimize your content for SEO. Mm-hmm. So instead of just stuffing in a bunch of keywords, you know, obviously Google's become much more sophisticated these days with search, but Market Muse helps you semantically optimize your content so that it's super search engine friendly for the topic you're trying to rank for, but that it also is really organic in the way it sounds. And these terms that you're using, you know, kind of fall in line really well. And they do, they have a really cool inline editor that helps you with that. Um, so that's one thing we use. We also use a tool called Meet Edgar at Rasa.io, where it helps us continually kind of recycle our 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 social media content. And also it will make recommendations on snippets that you can kind of extract out of your social media content to share alongside a link that you might post to LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then of course at Rasa.io, we also use Rasa.io. And what what we do um, and what our company does is we use AI to personalize newsletter content. So you establish parameters, what sources you're interested in sending out to your audience, your own content, your own blog, your own podcast, your own social media feeds. We're going to pull in all the articles that are produced by those sources into what we call a content pool. And then from there, the AI is going to select what are the best articles for Elias? What are the best articles for Erica? based on our prior reading preferences and behaviors. So it's not a huge implementation because it just goes off of people's interactions with the email. Um, You just have to plug in some sources, maybe filter down those sources. And then we do curation and send all in one with intelligent AI. So that sounds very, very cool, Erica. So um, basically what you you guys do is you build kind of segments or you build uh, profiles of people that are on an email list and you more or less uh, find out their uh, their specific interest and and based on their interest, you build those emails or the system is going to suggest you how to build an email, right? Yeah, yeah. And what's really cool is not only are we segmenting, it's it's what we call a segment of one. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a personalized compilation of articles for each subscriber And you don't, you can just build the template one time and then it's going to fill in the content for each and every individual. So do I, I, I'm in, in all kinds of email tools all the time. So do I, can I imagine this like, like having like a personalized content block, which is individually um, assigning content to a list, to a, to a, um, a member of the list. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So how exactly is a, is, is a profile like this built? How does the system 
basically built that profile and how does it select, like let's say, which topic fits which subscriber? Yeah, that's a great question. So we start in many ways from a blank slate. We obviously have tons and tons of data that we've collected by sending, you know, millions of emails a month. Um, but but what we primarily go off of is an individual user's behavior. So what are they opening? What are they clicking on in order to gather those insights? It's like the Netflix model, right? You don't have yep. to tell Netflix what you want. You just start watching and Netflix will adapt. And it's it's that it's that kind of idea where you as the email administrator or sender, you don't have to do a lot of work. You're just gonna let the AI decide who gets what based off of individuals' behaviors. Cool, cool. So yeah, and, and for Netflix, even I think like 80 or 85% of what people watch is actually defined by 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 Netflix itself based on your let's say watching pattern or uh, right, behavior right. online etc so that that's pretty cool um so do listeners when they should they consider using your platform do they need like a specific a minimum number of articles that they publish or a minimum number of or let's say a content volume or do they need at least X number of subscribers. How does it work? So at what levels does the system start working? That's a great question. So at its very basic level, you could just plug in your own content sources and maybe you produce one or two pieces of content a week and that's what you send out. But the AI really thrives, if you will, when there is more to draw from. Um, so you can say, well, if my podcast publishes, I want everyone to see the link to my podcast. So you can kind of override the AI in that way. And then mm -hmm. what we recommend is sprinkling in some content sources that are that might that would be of interest to your audience. So for you in the marketing technology space, there are a lot of great marketing tech blogs out there that your listeners might be interested in. You could plug in those sources. As those sources produce, you see, you know, this rich content pool. And then if you have, I don't know, let's say 40 to 50 articles prior to each send from the AI to draw from, that's that would be maybe a sweet spot. Um, but we have, you know, we have clients that plug in way more sources than that. We work with the American Marketing Association and they draw mm -hmm. from, you know, a hundred different marketing sources to produce the content pool for their for their readers. So um, but but like I said, at its very basic level, you could just put in you know one or two of your own internal sources and have have those send out in an automated way. And it also lets you leverage those sources way better because what I see a lot in practice, especially in B two B, is that a lot of companies have those those blogs, right? So they publish a couple of blogs a week or a couple of blogs a month, but mm -hmm. in the end, you end up having hundreds of blog posts that are, let's say, a year old, two years old, that are still very right. relevant, but you never use. Right. So those would be excellent content to use in, in these sequences or these emails, right? Exactly. And you, we actually have a feature called reserve content or evergreen content, where you can kind of bank older posts, like you said, that are still relevant and then we can kind of drip those out to your audience um, over uh, over the course of you know however long you're sending. Love it. This this is actually well, basically improving your ROI on marketing. You know, a lot of marketers don't know how to prove that ROI, but this is something where you can keep on using your content. 
and not only for SEO, but also for for email marketing. So I, I love it. Right. So exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to put a link to your, to your website, rasa.io, of course, in the show notes, but I do want to talk a little bit more about market views because you mentioned market views and you briefly described it. Well, why do you like it so much? I really like market views because it kind of, it's adapted to where the industry is going. So back in the day, you know, when I was, when I was in the SEO game, um, you could you could kind of sprinkle in the exact match keyword that you were going for throughout your content a few times and google would really like that it would say mm-hmm. it would pick that up as oh you know this is this is definitely something that should rank high because the keywords inserted about four or five times but now these the search engines know when you're trying to kind of um, play the system if you will and so it's a constant arms race. And so what Market News did is it said, well, we know that Google's looking for expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. And so we're going to help you build your content so that you so that you can revolve around these terms that do showcase your expertise and your authority on the subject. Um, so it's kind of evolved with where with where search is going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you have you tried other uh, search engine? or SEO tools? Yeah, so we um, we love SEMrush at rasa.io too. We do a lot of like, you know, keyword volume searches and they yeah. they have an awesome tool where you can start for, you know, not not so much money. Um, so we love SEMrush. I mean, I've, you know, the Moz makes, you know, some awesome free tools too. Um, so we we dabble in that, you know, just to kind of see, you know, how we how we are as far as the competitive landscape goes. Um, yeah, and then what are some other really good ones? There's some really good um, website analysis tools out there. Some really some really great free tools that you can play around with as well. Yeah, and I I don't think they necessarily have to be be free because we we are also big fans of uh, Samrush and. Uh, Market Muse as well, um, SEO Frog is one we're using as well, um, and I think uh, specifically because well, your SEO is something you need to invest in. You shouldn't. It, the tool doesn't have to be free, right? It's it's offering no. you so much, so uh, detailed much info and value, especially not only on keywords. Let's let's say where where do you rank best, but also how does your competition do. How do yeah. they rank? What yeah. keywords are what? What are your keyword gaps? For example, in Samrush, you can see those gaps between you and the competition. Um, right. You can see search volumes by competitors or on specific keywords, your own keywords. So, so it's it's offering you a ton of information. A ton of value, and like you said, it's an investment in the long game, right? It's not one of those things that's necessarily gonna. If you start to think about SEO and you start to do a couple things, it's not gonna pay off tomorrow. It's like gardening, you know, you have to put in the time and the care and the con- and the concern about it, and then it's going to pay off eventually, but it's not instant gratification. It's an important investment you make in the long term. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love those, those practical examples that you're giving. Um, with that, you know, and, and with the cost, we, we were talking about costs about SEM Ross or, and, and Market Muse. Um, mm-hmm. At which cost level are, or are you at Rasa? To the Elias, I should know this. I, to be one hundred percent honest with you, I don't know. I'd have to talk to our marketing folks. <laughs> well, people can check it out on your it, website. I don't probably, think it breaks the bank, though. <laughs> no, I, I would. I would imagine it. It wouldn't. But um, 
is it do you guys have like a like a freemium model or do you have tiers in there how, how does how does your price oh are you asking about rasa.io i'm asking about, about rasa yeah oh 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 gotcha gotcha yes so we have we have a few different cost options so you can do a two-week free trial and get started by entering your email directly on our homepage. Um, and then we have sort of like a small to medium business plan where you could do um, a $29 a month for very, very basic functionality. You could do a $140 a month where the big change, the big leap there is we work with a lot of marketing agencies that manage multiple newsletters for their clients. And so you can manage many different instances of Rasa right from, you know, right from one main page. Um, each, each of your newsletters for your various clients could have their own design, their own subscriber integrations, their own content pools, um, their own domain authenticated. And so that's where the value really comes in with that one. We have a $4.99 a month where it, um, it includes more advanced integrations. It includes a higher level of customer success. We have an amazing customer success team. So tapping into those resources. And then we also have an enterprise level plan where um, we work with a lot of um, larger organizations. We actually work with a lot of professional and trade associations mm -hmm. um, and they're on that enterprise version because their newsletters are so central to what they do to engage their audiences on a regular basis. I can imagine, I can imagine. So thank you, Erica, for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Again, to listeners, I will share a link to rasa.io in the show notes, as well as a link to your LinkedIn profile, Erica. And thank with you. that, I would like to thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I was so happy to be invited. Thanks for, thanks for letting me talk to your audience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.